from West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for the legislature today is provided by AARP West Virginia, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Learn more at aarp.org wv. The Charleston Gazette-Mail, using its CGM app to deliver the latest news, traffic, and weather alerts, keeping you in the know while you're on the go. Lumos Networks, online at lumosnetworks.com. West Virginia University, online at wvu.edu. Orion Strategies, professional public relations, government affairs, creative services, and research and polling, with offices in Charleston, Buchanan, Martinsburg, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Welcome to the Legislature Today from the State Capitol Building. I'm Suzanne Higgins. And on the eve of Crossover Day, we're joined by the Senate President, Mitch Carmichael, and Senate Minority Leader, Roman Prezioso. Thank you both for being here tonight. Thank you for your pleasure. Now, tomorrow, uh, Crossover Day, that means it's the last day to consider bills on third reading in their house of origin. And of course, that doesn't apply to the budget uh, or the supplemental appropriation. So let's just begin there. President Carmichael, were there bills that you wanted to see get out of committee and didn't? I don't, I mean, there may be that I can't uh, think of what those might be. Not a, certainly not a priority item. I believe that uh, uh, most of the agenda items have come through the committee process. In fact, uh, uh, Senator Prezioso will tell you, we worked Saturday. We passed uh, 27 bills on third reading. Today we had probably another 30 bills yeah. on third reading, and then uh, tomorrow we'll have an uh, extensive agenda as well. So I believe we've uh, taken care of the major majority items, yes. I, I was taking a look at the, um, the, the posted priorities at the beginning of the session, and of course there was uh, the, the elimination of the property tax on business and equipment and inventory. Yeah, as we uh, coordinate our efforts with the House, between mm -hmm. the House and the Senate, uh, we sort of divide up which ones are going to uh, originate in which House so that we don't, uh, but both of us do the same bills at the same time and mm -hmm. use our time very efficiently. That was a bill that the House was going to take the lead on. And uh, so we uh, uh, will deal with that if it comes to us, and I'm not uh, expecting it. Although, I will say it would be a uh, constitutional amendment that would be in the form of a resolution so that we do still have some time on it. All right, Senator uh, Prezioso, the same question. Bills that you wanted to see get out of committee but did not. Well, uh, as Ms. Carmichael, you know, so eloquently expressed, when you're in the leadership, you have to divide the bills up. There's no question. Uh, some of our priorities, obviously, were Social Security taxes. We hope to get that over sometime this week. Uh, obviously, pay raises for you know the teachers, uh, service personnel, and state police. We've worked on some of those, and those are still still some of the things that are alive. Uh, some of the mental health issues and, and drug issues, 
which were which are so hard to get your hands around. I, I don't know if we've spent enough time on those particular issues, but nobody has the real answer. I know the governor came out in his state of the state with Jim's dream and uh, things of that sort. So, you know, we're working on those issues. I would have liked to see a little bit more done about that, but it didn't. And then, you know, redistricting is coming up. And that's always a very contentious issue. Uh, we would like to see an independent commission. We introduced the bill, but you know it, it wasn't uh, wasn't worked on. It didn't we, get through no, committee. It didn't get through. No. Okay, you mentioned a lot of, of issues yeah. there, and I want to break that down a little bit. The the salary bill that is still existing, still alive, is twenty seven thirty. It's over. Where and. What do, will it run? What will we see? Well, there's a couple components to that bill. Uh, you're talking about the, the it includes bill, the pay the raise bills for teachers, uh, state employees, and state police. Mm -hmm. So uh, within the bills that have already passed the Senate, we passed a state police pay raise bill. And that bill. was 554 yesterday. Right, and which actually provides more of a pay raise than what has was sent over from the House. So. Uh, and then as it relates to the teacher pay raise bill, we're continuing to evaluate our options there. We're uh, very intent on focusing, and this is where uh, my good friend and I uh, probably have some slight disagreement with this, is that we're continuing to focus on student achievement, parent op parental options, and improving the uh, school system in our state. We trust and believe in our teachers, parents, and uh, students and we want to do all that we can to improve their level of achievement so we are um, hesitant but not uh, completely out ruling out the option of simply just paying more uh, for in the current system without changing it so uh, that'll uh, shake out that over that the next couple of weeks I'm sorry I, oh, uh, just just the bottom line you're you're not you're not definitively saying that the that the teachers are going to get a pay raise. Oh, I'm definitively saying a teacher pay raise has a has already been voted on twice uh, in the state senate and b I want to provide them with a teacher pay raise. Absolutely, it's a component of comprehensive education reform. It's a vital component of that. However, there are other elements of it that are very important to the people of West Virginia and to uh, our caucus that we believe must be incorporated into uh, simply pay a simple pay raise bill. All right, so 2730 remains where it remains right now right. in finance. Right. No, Senator, it's, it's in education. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Senator, your your comments on that? Well, here, here was the thing. I, when the session began, there was a real big optimism that we would work together and you, you picked a, a great majority leader and, you know, we would start to have dialogue and we were really enthusiastic. But, you know, as the education bill was formulated around that pay raise, we just didn't feel that the input from the stakeholders and the legislators, you know, had any part in it. Uh, the promise was made right before the election that we would give a pay raise to teachers. We thought that was an issue that should be out of out of the road. The the, the components of the education bill, you know, we'd love to discuss them. We haven't been part of that discussion. We think they should be discussed individually and, and, and live on their own merit. And that's the only difference I think that, that the President and I would have over the education bill. Yeah. Um, uh, Senator, you know there will be plenty of people that, that say that that is um, punitive. Yeah, and uh, that's unfortunate that someone would believe a pay raise is punitive. 
No, uh, that it, you're, it's not being moved on. The 2730 yeah. is not being passed for a pay raise in and of itself. Yeah, and well, we have never been uh, completely bought in on the concept of a simple pay raise with no uh, education reform. And furthermore, we're disappointed. Now, frankly, I'm, we're very disappointed that uh, union leaders, teacher union leaders, called for another illegal strike and walked out for two days. Now, that doesn't prevent us from doing a pay raise. We're going to continue to evaluate that in the context of a uh, silo. That's a siloed uh, component of comprehensive education reform. I think the people of West Virginia realize, all of us realize, that this current environment in which we're trying to uh, perform student achievement is not uh, achieving the desired results. The testing results demonstrate we're near last. Now how does anyone defend that? How do you defend that component of our education achievement initiatives? You can't. It cannot be defended. So it must, we must incorporate some change into the system. Paying our teachers more is a vital component of that, but it's not the sole uh, solution. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give uh, Senator sure. Prezioso one more yeah, sure. closing I, remark on that. And we you know, we're not, we're not at the bottom. I think we rank over on education probably in the middle, about 34 or so. There, there are components in education that need to be addressed. And I think they were some of the components that the leadership brought forth in that bill were admirable. You know, we have to put more resources in where the problems lie in, 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 in the fact of school counselors, psychologists, in, in the, the peripheral agencies that work with education. We were on to something there, but there were poison pills within that bill that a non-severability clause, the first time that I've ever seen that in 30 years, you know, take all or none, we were actually giving the Supreme Court the ability to legislate when you do that. If someone would have brought forth an issue that was not constitutional or wasn't according to law, you know, the courts could strike it down and subsequently strike the teacher pay raise down. So that was some of the problems that, that were evolved around that education bill. I think if everyone sat down, all the stakeholders and legislators and, 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 and students, parents, everyone involved, and work towards, uh, you know, we, we keep saying education reform, that's sort of a misnomer. Education is a, a, an evolving uh, product that you got to work on continually and I think there's room for discussion but we want the doors open to have that discussion with the leadership and with the stakeholders. All right we only have a few minutes left there are uh, a few issues that it, it looks like you will be receiving um, and and the question is will you run them the the campus self-defense act should that pass the house get over to you, will you run that bill? Yes, we'll definitely run the bill. And yes. your position on it? Uh, my position will be, uh, I'll be in support of the bill. Uh, I think, I don't know all the components of it. In general, I support the concept of having uh, your constitutional rights uh, carry forward to a uh, campus or university environment. However, I want to make sure that it's uh, done in a way that's responsible and so forth. So I will be supportive. We'll definitely run the bill in order to uh, get the position of our members on. I think it deserves it. And, and Senator Precioso? I just think there's no rooms for guns on school campuses. You know, I'm, I've been an educator all my life. I've been on college campuses. Uh, 
There, there are things there. There should be safe, free gun zones. This capital was a safe, free gun zones. You know, why, do, why don't we allow people to bring guns into the capital? Because it's highly emotional, highly charged. You get that same effect on, on college campuses. Uh, I haven't seen the bill. I hope that it's loaded down with enough safeguards that if it does pass, it's not going to do harm. But my position is I will not support uh, the, the the college campus gun bill. Okay, and just one more uh, briefly, it looks like you may receive a um, Medicaid work requirements bill, 20 hours a week. Uh, your positions on those? Yes. Yes, I mean, yes. you will run the bill? Yes, absolutely. All right. And I Senator? have questions about the the, uh, the work, work portion of the Medicaid bill. Uh, you know, Medicaid is there for the indigent. It helps children, and there's no way that I want to see indigent people or children set back by having a work requirement. If we had a robust economy, maybe it would work, but right now in this depleted economy, uh, I think it's problematic. All right, and just a, a, a wrapping statement as we get into the last 10 days. Well, I just want to say thank you to my uh, good friend and colleague, the minority leader, uh, Mr. Prezioso, and all the members of the minority. I think we're working to get, the, you'll feel the contention on some uh, significant issues, but in general, we view the world in the same way. We want to move West Virginia forward. We want that robust economy. We want more freedom, opportunity, jobs, prosperity in our state. And uh, I think we all agree that we want to move our educational system forward where we just have uh, differences in how we go about doing that. So it is with utmost respect that I uh, that, that we conduct our business in the Senate. And I want to thank the you and others that report on the system as well. And Senator Prezioso. I also would like to echo that. I, I very, feel very strongly about the institution of the legislature and especially the Senate. You know, we have to have some civility here. We have to work. Obviously, that you know, President Carmichael is in the leadership and with that comes a, a tremendous responsibility for setting agendas. We're in the minority. We've got to be sort of on defense all the time to pick out, you know, what's wrong with particular bills and try to make them right and try to make them better. So it's the roles we play, but I respect so much the institution of this Senate, and I do respect my colleagues, all of my colleagues yeah. across the aisle. Thank you both, Senate President Mitch Carmichael, Senate Minority Leader Roman Precioso. Thank you both for being here tonight. Thank you, Thank you Suzanne. Earlier today, senators considered an amendment to Senate Bill 348. The bill would raise the legal buying age of tobacco products, including vape products, from 18 to 21. Senator Ron Stallings of Boone County offered an amendment that he states would protect the existing clean indoor air regulations. This ignited a debate over freedoms, especially as it pertains to veterans. What the committee substitute does if this amendment is not adopted, is it will say that no unelected bureaucrat, I'll say it again, unelected bureaucrat from a health department in some county can tell the American Legion or the VFW, you can't let people smoke in your establishment. If this amendment is defeated, then those businesses, those establishments will decide that question for themselves. And for the most part, I'm all for when we protect someone's freedom, especially an adult, they have the right to choose for themselves. But, but what about when that freedom uh, overrides into another person's freedom? So secondhand smoke has been shown to cause not only lung cancers, but kidney cancers. 
throat cancers, stomach cancers, cervical cancers, leukemia. But what if that, that is a, a child? We've spent a lot of debates on this floor regarding the freedoms of the unborn and the freedoms of those who are too weak to fend for themselves. Um, I think we owe those individuals uh, a cost. When your choices override the freedoms of another individual, then that's, that's where the line needs to be drawn. By leaving this particular provision in this bill, it gives our veterans, many of who are grandfathers, who have gone through uh, Desert Storm, have gone through Kuwait, who grasp a cigarette rather than grasping a weapon because they're stricken with post-traumatic stress disorders, they take that cigarette and that's their stress reliever. And so what they do is they go to these VA uh, or uh, these DAVs uh, or foreign legions or American legions and they sit down with their friends and they decompress, they share, and they hold onto that smoke, uh, the, the one between their fingers, so that they don't pick up a smoking weapon and stick it into their, into their mouth and squeeze the trigger. I take care of innumerable veterans that are in my practice. They come to me, they also come to the VA. The reason they go to the memorial building is to socialize, and they cannot smoke in that memorial building, and a lot more go because of that. Now, we're here saying, well, if you smoke, uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to go and hang out with your comrades. There's a lot of people, a lot of veterans that won't go to a place where there's smoke-filled air because they have a lot of medical issues such as COPD and coronary disease. And that amendment passed uh, 19 to 15. That uh, amendment was adopted and it'll be on third reading tomorrow. Um, Dave, also in the Senate, campaign finance reform was a, a focus today and you've done a lot of reporting on that. Yeah, that's right. So Senate Bill 622 uh, would make some changes to the state's campaign finance laws. Uh, it increases the limits on donations to candidates, uh, candidate committees, uh, as well as state party executive committees and political action committees. This would basically bring the state up to federal law. Uh, another thing it would do is require independent expenditures reporting to be more immediate and frequent. But a lot of opponents of campaign, or a lot of advocates for campaign finance reform in general, basically say this bill didn't go as far enough uh, as it could have in, in providing transparency. Uh, Senator Stephen Baldwin argued against the bill. He cited a November article from here, us here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting that took a look at independent expenditures in the 2018 midterms. We'll take a look at uh, some of Senator Baldwin's remarks on the Senate floor today. And so if this bill is enacted, is it going to help us with that problem? Is it going to help us with spending big? No, it actually raises contribution limits, triples them for individuals. Um, you know, the this, this spectacle to me of a room full of politicians saying we'll be allowed to get more money ought to be enough to defeat the measure in and of itself. It's just ludicrous to me. Um, if this bill is enacted, would it take care of the second problem identified in the headline, um, showing the full picture? Unfortunately, I don't think it would. Um, dark money is going to continue to infiltrate the system both sides um, when what we need some sunlight. 
Um, now, I do think there is a hint of sunlight that comes through this bill, and I, I appreciate that. I just don't think we go far enough. But, Dave, there were uh, people who spoke in favor of the bill. That's right. Senate Judiciary Chair Charles Trump, he, one of the things he pointed out is that the U.S. Supreme Court decision, Citizens United, uh, prevents restrictions on free speech for, for these unlimited groups, these independent expenditures. Uh, he argued in favor of the bill, said that it struck a balance. We'll take a look at uh, a look and a listen to uh, Senator Trump's remarks on the floor. This bill does, I think, attempt indirectly to provide at least, at least an opportunity for there to be some balance. Because the West Virginia candidate limits, which we can control, what is donated to campaigns of political candidates and how it is spent, that is within the authority of this legislature to control, uh, at least in reasonable fashion, uh, because those limits have been so low uh, since the 1970s, actually, been the same, haven't been adjusted since the 1970s. What has happened is, what has happened is, candidates who run for office in West Virginia have surrendered or lost a portion of their ability to control the speech that arises in those campaigns. And these unlimited groups fill the vacuum, fill the void. So this, this bill will bring, uh, bring our definitions into compliance with law, will clarify things, will provide additional transparency with more reports, regular reports, every quarter, before every couple weeks before every single election. It is a reasonable and balanced measure. And, you know, Suzanne, one of the things I, I know that when people hear campaign finance reform, their eyes gloss over, they, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they kind of tune out on all this, you know, and I can tell you from some of the reporting I've done last year is that it takes a lot of time to get an idea of where this money is. And, in, you know, in reporting on politics, we all hear follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. But in with these independent expenditure groups, that you sort of run into a dead end, uh, so to speak, with this. And I think advocates for campaign finance reform, reform people that want to see this transparency, uh, basically say that there was a missed opportunity uh, with this bill. I spoke to Julie Archer, she's with West Virginia Citizens for Clean Elections, and here's some of the things that she had to say about Senate Bill 622. One of the big problems in our elections now is, there, I mean, there's sort of the shell, ga uh, shell game that goes on where the money that gets spent on elections is, is funneled through a series of groups or organizations is so that the original source of the money is obscured. And there was a, a great amendment offered in committee that would have, would have addressed just that situation and and shined a light on, on the secret money that's being spent in our elections. And that, that was voted down on a party a party line vote. It, it failed by one vote. And so um, it, it's, it's disappointing, you know, so now we're left with a bill that, you know, it does increase transparency in some small ways, but, we're also injecting um, more money into our elections, which we feel like is, you know, it, the system is already broken and it's just going to be an opportunity for the wealthy and the special, special interests that try to buy our elections now to, to dump more money into the, into the process. Also in the Senate uh, today, Senate Bill 676, and this was a bill that originated uh, in natural resources late last week and it would basically open up 
state park roads for all-terrain vehicles. And that too uh, sparked a firestorm today in the, in the Senate. It was a, um, a, an amendment by Senator Beach and Senator Hardesty that uh, basically started on page two by striking out the, the remaining uh, part of the bill, the rest of the bill, that was up for debate. And here are some of the remarks on that amendment. There's a reason that there are roads that run through state parks. They got lines on them because they are to navigate through the park. But to open up gravel roads that are access roads that park superintendents and park personnel use and just to put wherever you basically want to do, put a full-size vehicle and pour it to it, give it some gas and let's go. I don't think that's what the people of West Virginia want. This is not a Republican and Democrat issue. When, when uh, the same committee, which I was a member of last year, and I don't know why you didn't put me back on, Mr. President, I'd like to take that up with you at some point privately. I think it had to do with the logging of the state parks, which I vehemently opposed. And there was an outpouring of support, not just from the Democrats, from the citizens and residents, our taxpayers, who love the pristine nature of our state parks and our state forests. Full-size vehicles on these trails, full-size motorized vehicles. And we were told in, <laughs> on a companion bill that somehow these, these vehicles were gonna fight the opioid uh, crisis out there. I'm still trying to figure that, that out. And that amendment passed, which basically guts the bill. The amendment passed 18 to 15. Real briefly, Dave, in the last moments, uh, what's happening in the House tomorrow? Well, uh, in the House today, uh, the, um, the medical cannabis vertical integration bill was amended. That'll be on third reading tomorrow. The other bills uh, that everyone's watching is the Medicaid work requirement bill. That one was laid over on third reading today over to, until tomorrow. And then, of course, campus carry another bill that everyone's got their eyes on. So over the House tomorrow, three big pieces of legislation. All to right. Watch. Terrific. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. And that'll do it for us tonight. I'm Suzanne Higgins for everyone here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for watching. Have a great evening.